Hi, my name is Mason Cratch, and you're listening to episode 17 of the Happy Raccoon Podcast. Digging through my Google um, Google Docs that I've had for a long time now, and uh, you're you're granted like 16 gigabytes free of Google Docs, and I was coming up um, on 16 gigabytes within Google Docs, and so I figured um, <clears throat> maybe what I ought to do is just go through and find some things that need to be deleted. And I found on here this goes all the way back to February 24th, and I can't believe that I'm just now stumbling on it. Um, but thing, okay. internet um, scammers are getting more and more creative every single day. Um, and I've talked about some scams that I know of um, here on the podcast with, you know, how PayPal works and people trying to get you to pay for things on PayPal. Um, I've seen that trick. I know my way around that trick and I've toyed with some scammers that use that trick. But this one's this one's totally new. So there is a, a document on here that had been shared with me, I guess, and I don't recall at all. It's February twenty fourth. Um, shared to me by Abby May, which Abby May, if you're listening to this, you know, go uh, go fry an egg. Um, she said, you know, she hi- you know you can hi- like highlight words on a document and then like you know assign that to you to to take a look at. She said. Damaging information about you is being held for ransom. Read the full document to know how to protect yourself. You can read more by opening the Google document. Click on open below. First of all, if you want to just make this whole episode about um, how to spot scam school, um, typically it happens a lot. A lot of these scammers are from foreign countries. They really feel the need to over-explain to you. And the reason is is that often they're scamming elderly people who may not be so savvy on the internet. So they explained to me several different times there how to um, view the document. Ironically, this comment is only on the document. You, you you don't really get to see it except for the fact that it's on, you know, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, it says, read the full document to know how to protect yourself. You can read more by opening the Google document. Click on open below. It's, it's a little repetitive there. You know, try a little bit harder. Second thing I want to note here, and I'm going to post a screenshot of this on the video format of this podcast, which will be on YouTube. Um, the video portion here says, um, you know, it says on here that it's, you know, it's Robinhood Security Group. I am what some people call computer security research. Other people call me the black hat. Other, it's just the grammar is just all over the place, right? Um, other people call me a computer hacker. Other people say I'm the scum of the earth. Some say we are a modern day Robin Hood. All these monikers don't really matter. What matters is that I have very important information with regards to your situation. Oh. But first, I belong to a group of professional cybersecurity expert, not experts, expert called the Robin Hood hacker. In parentheses, Google it. We have been involved in various cybersecurity operations, which has resulted in the group, which has resulted in the help of those in need. But here, let not waste your time. You occasionally um, visit several websites in the during past weeks. Wow. Um, in past weeks and months in order to satisfy your, in capital letters, carnal desires. Now, first of all, you can't spell occasionally, but you can pull the word carnal out. Now, let's figure out what carnal means, because I was born in 1996. Let's see. Oh, so it's my sexual desires. Very interesting. That's where we're going, Miss Abby May. Using the surveillance, spelled wrong, surveillance software I installed on your computer, which, by the way, I believe this was... 
what computer did I have back then? This is a new computer since then. Um, I have installed in your computer. When you visited those websites, I have captured your activities. Wrong again. Okay. Your friends, colleagues, and families, all whom I have their contact. Well done. Uh, expect some kind image of you in their minds. <laughs> uh, imagine what they will think of you when I start sending them all your fantasies and your activities behind closed doors. And they realize kind of person you are. Imagine what they will think of you when they see your innermost desire and somewhat deviant. Uh, that doesn't make any sense in a sentence. Personally, I don't care. But your friends and families do expect some kind of image of you. I don't know how you will face them when you when they see your internet activities and pictures of you in the act. <laughs> it's the cruel nature of the world. You have to conform to the social norm. I could start bombarding all your phone contacts, your email contacts with your lewd activities, but I will not do that for now. But watch out! Here is what you have to do in order to save yourself from the situation. You will, you will send a small token to support our cybersecurity operations. Call it a donation. You can feel good about it. Your will send us 900 in parentheses again for the elderly, 900 US dollars to support the work we are doing. You will send your don donation to our Bitcoin address. Now let me try and get this right for you. In parentheses, 1-F-C-W-B-W-X-Z-E-S-N-I-J-T-A-U-X-M-7-I-T-W-K-A-U-L-R-U-D-4-M-V. That is apparently an address to send 900 US dollars to. All you have to do is search for the for a Bitcoin exchange using a search internet of your choice. Do not use Google. They are become scum. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, I see. Google's become the scum now. It's become scum. Um, they have left the true path. There is another search engine like DuckDuckGo. No thanks. All you need to do is copy the Bitcoin address above without their without the parentheses. Very important. And use it again. So explanatory, you know. Um, um, and use it in order to send us your nine hundred dollar donation. I wish you could take this out of your tax return, but Uncle Sam don't recognize our organi organization. Once we get this donation, rest assured that all your embarrassing information will be automatically be destroyed on our military grade storage system. Oh, do they have those wherever you're from? Um, and your donation will be put to good use in the help of the needy. <laughs> okay. A wise man once said, "Make hay while the sun shine." Let's see who if that's if that's actually a real quote. Let's try. Make hay while the sun shines. All right, that is not attributed to anyone, but it's while the sun shines, not shine. Make hay while the sun shine. All your acti ac activities are currently, not no T there, forgot the T, currently hidden from the sun. You have three days to send the payment. This was all sent to me on February 24th, apparently. So my time has come, and I'm so sorry to all my family members that have seen uh, my internet searches, which probably consist mostly of sharks and um, sports scores and probably trade rumors for MLB baseball. Um, you have three days to send the payment, be a wise man and do as you are told. If not, the light of the sun will be shown on your activities. I want to say congratulations, first of all, because whoever said this, uh, whoever sent me this, um, has said, or tried to say the word activities probably about a dozen times now at the very end, I can tell they're getting better because they actually spelled it correctly. So big congratulations to them for that because they're, they're getting better as they go along in this. Your life will not remain the same. I believe you can read between the line. Be wise. If you choose to be dumb and not do as you are told, well, you know what to expect. Everything will turn upside down. 
act now, save humanity. First of all, dude, imagine my internet searches were so bad and so perverted that the exposure of them would destroy humanity. Now, what would that look like? Because that would be pretty remarkable. Um, so anyways, I thought that was worth sharing. Um, you know, obviously the first thing I want to say is that I know a lot of people that have found themselves in bad situations, um, and because of hackers like this. So if you get something like this, I mean this in a hundred percent seriousness, you need to quadruple check everything. One, extremely unlikely that if you own a computer that is even in the last 10 years old, that someone could hack in there um, and hack in your webcam. However, webcams are hackable. It is important that you cover your webcam. Whenever I'm done using my laptop, I close it. Um, I, I can't imagine why someone would want to hack into my information. I have nothing to hide. Um, I, my internet searches are very boring. Um, in fact, we can even just for fun go through my internet history. That'd be kind of interesting. Um, but anyways, it's really important to me that... Um, that you just be mindful of these things because I do, I know a lot of people, I know that I am particularly, um, familiar with them and, and I, you know, know what to look for. And thus I, you know, stand to, I tend to stay out of trouble. However, um, you know, I know a lot of people are, are a little bit more, you know, apt to these types of things. So it is important that you just steer clear of them. Um, I would say that 99% of the time it's not real. One of those things where like, the IRS is never going to call you. No one's ever going to hold your information for ransom, um, you know, for the most part. And if you are a victim of something like that, truly, I do feel bad for you. Um, my, my most recent um, internet searches are for my homework. Um, a news article about a man in Binghamton stealing used or stealing credit cards out of cars in the town that I live in, which is a little frightening because... Rebecca, though my beautiful, wonderful wife, leaves her her wallet in the car all the time. Um, so probably shouldn't do that anymore. I got some tax stuff on here, um, some emails. Yeah, honestly, they would if if my family saw that I was watching Modern Family on Peacock on my laptop, I think they would be just they would be, it would honestly would put humanity at risk. Let's be honest with each other. All joking aside, Beck and I did just finish Modern Family, and it is a great TV show, I gotta say. So you got to hear my very funny and uh, true story about this strange email slash Google Doc I received from someone that is a scammer. And although, again, most of the time those things are going to be incorrect, one thing that is worth mentioning is, um, is the need to secure your information privately. Thus, I wanted to share more about our friends over at PureVPN. You need to protect your data and you need to protect your computer information. You can do that by signing up for PureVPN. What that essentially does is redirects and encrypts all of your information so that you know the real internet hackers, not Robinhood Security Group or Abby May, can't get to your information and can't steal your identity and can't hack into your webcam. It's extremely important to do. It's also really good to you know prevent companies like Facebook for you from using all of your information and selling it to someone else. So all that to say, you can head to purevpn.com to learn more about how you can sign up and protect your information. All right, and we're back after that brief break and ad read for our friends over at Pure VPN. Um, I did just get Pure uh, Pure VPN on uh, on my computer, and uh, you know, don't got to worry about you know Abby May and the crew anymore. Uh, that's really good. But all right, so. We're going to get kind of in the nitty gritty of this episode. Um, first of all, I wanted to say thank you for the overwhelming support for uh, episode 16. It was my first public podcast recording event. I had just a total blast. Uh, I've seen really, I enjoy my time there a lot. The response to the episode has been amazing, far better than I could have anticipated. Um, breaking all of my previous records for episodes listened to. So I wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who listened to that. I hope that you have returned for this episode and that you stick around and become a part of what we're doing here at the Happy Raccoon Podcast. And yeah, again, I guess I just want to take um, another five minutes to talk a little bit more about what's going on in Becca and I's lives um, and talk a little bit about why we started this podcast in general if you are here again. So um, Becca and I... 
Um, both grew up as missionary kids in Papua New Guinea and Paraguay. Um, and her and I met in Bible school back in 2014. After getting married and having a couple of kids, um, one day I came home from work and I sat down on the couch with her and I just said, hey, I just want to tell you what was on my mind and that, you know, I feel really called to um, pursue ministry. I was kind of out of left field. We hadn't really had any discussions about that at that point. A little bit nervous in sharing that with her you know we were talking about trying to you know, maybe save up and buy a house or a new car or what that might look like um you know we had just had our first child and we didn't really know what you know where that would put us and so i was a little bit nervous talking to her about that but she ultimately she agreed that she had been feeling the same you know the same call and conviction that we both wanted to pursue that together and that was gosh it was almost two years ago that we had that discussion and we've been working really hard to get to a point where we can actually pursue that. Um, we've been paying off debt slowly and surely, and we've been, uh, you know, crossing, you know, a lot of different bridges that we have to cross in order to get to a point where we can actually start pursuing ministry. And what that looks like is that we will be going to, you know, we need to be going to school um, because Beck actually finished and graduated. I did not. I have a little bit of school left, about a little over a year left. Um, so I actually started um, my class, The Love of God, which is an elective right now that I'm doing, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on in this podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're currently in the thick of preparing ourselves for ministry one day, and we're, you know, we're really excited for that, and we're really excited for everyone that has been praying for us. Um, so where we're at right now is, is this class is going great. Um, we're still projected to be actually in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Um, on campus in the fall semester of next year, um, we'll be we'll be actually there for uh, a full year. It's going to be a light class load. We wanted to be there for um, a period of time. Uh, we we love the idea of immersing our children in an atmosphere where people are, are pursuing ministry. Um, that's something that's important to us. So we're really excited about that. Um, but a couple of milestones that we're just so thankful for um, is that Becca and I have been needing a new car for a while. And we're not the type of people to go out and buy something new. Um, it's just not our style. Um, you know, I tend to really like a car that is just super basic in that it's got all of the essential electronics, but it's mostly just a, you know, a, a, an engine that is pretty easy to work on. Um, you know, nothing too electronic. You know, my Dodge Dart, um, my main car is, uh, you know, it's got all these electronic components in it, and they put basically like a billion computer chips into a car that is like. 20 grand brand new and I bought it used in like 2015 I think um, and uh, I've loved it but so many of the electronic components have just like given way like the the radio doesn't work anymore it's just it's kind of like frozen still the backup camera hilariously flipped upside down and it's not that like the camera slipped and flipped it's just it, it's displaying a picture that's upside down it's the most uncanny thing ever if you put it in reverse you see the world from upside down it's and then occasionally it'll flip back side up and then it'll flip again it's just, it's the most unbelievable thing i've showed it to dodge mechanics they have never seen it before in another dodge dart ever it's not a common problem um, but so for some reason, you know, that car does that. And what I'm trying to get at is that we really needed a car that was not flashy, but something that we could trust our kids being in and we can trust it to put some miles under us. And we really, um, really excited that we stumbled across a, an old, it's an old van. Um, it's a 2005, which is crazy old as this light needs to turn off. Um, a 2005 Chrysler town and country. Um, it's got 90,000 miles on it. Um, it's got a couple of um, exterior flaws, but the interior is really clean. Um, under the engine, I'm not a big mechanic guy, but under the engine, it's really clean, and it's been such a huge blessing for us. I never thought that I would be so excited about owning a minivan, let alone a minivan that's 16 years old. Um, I mean, yeah, we're just we're thrilled. Um, we're so thankful for people who have prayed for us in our search for a car um, and people who have, you know, we've been looking for a car for, gosh, two years now. Um, we've been putting two babies into the back of a 2013 Dodge Dodge Dart, which is a very compact sedan. It's a it's a sedan that should have been a two-door, honestly. And uh, anyway, so we get to pick that thing up later this week, and we're just so excited and so ready to have that because it's um, anyways, but now is a really bad market for buying used cars. Um, and the fact that we got a, a car under a hundred thousand miles with a three month warranty, um, 
for $5,000 is what we paid for it is miraculous. Um, and so I just couldn't be any more and Becca couldn't be any more thankful for, um, for this huge blessing in our life. I mean, I can't go on enough about how much this 2005 Toyota Chrysler, or uh, for, <laughs> I wish it was a Toyota, a Chrysler town and country minivan. What a, what a huge win it is for us. Um, so we're just so thankful for that. And if you are saying a prayer later today, I just want you to, to praise the Lord with me and thank him for that. Cause truly it's, um, it's a big deal for us. It really is. So, and I just, like, I'm so thankful for a wife who's just so content. Um, you know, it's, it takes a huge burden off of me to not have to pursue, um, a glamorous lifestyle for her. She's so content with, um, with just the, the bare necessities and just a loving family, you know what we were, <clears throat> we came home, it's been really hot here lately, right? It was about 90, 93 degrees today or so and humid. And we came home from church and, um, we came home to an air conditioned house and I said, man, I'm so thankful for a central air conditioner. And she said, yeah, but hey, there's something really homey about like the clunky air conditioning boxes that sit in the window. That's just who Becca is. She just is so um, humble in her way and just so, um, easy to please. And that takes a huge amount of burden off of me as her husband. So I don't know. I just couldn't be more thankful for that woman. Um, she's truly amazing. So anyways, um, so that's just like a real brief update as to where we're at right now. Um, there are a couple of news stories that are worth sharing with you guys today before I get into um, a little bit more of the devotional side of this podcast. And one, this video has gone super viral, more viral than the normal news stories I talked about. So you've probably seen it, but I'm going to read this news article to you and it'll be on the video as well. If you're watching, um, it says California teen pushes bear off of wall to protect family dogs. You've probably seen this video, but, um, Basically, I'll break it down for you before I play it for those listening. This teenage girl, um, I didn't know she's a teenager until now, actually. There's like a, a full-on, looks like a maybe a brown bear, grizzly bear. Um, what does this article say? It was a full-on bear. Now, where I live, there are black bears, and I've seen a handful of them. I saw one hunting the other day. Um, for the most part, they're very afraid of you, but everyone typically knows that if the bear has cubs accompanying it, then you stay away because they're no joke, right? And this bear had two cubs with it. And this teenage girl runs up as the dogs are like barking at it on the wall and she pushes this bear off of this little wall and knocks it down. It's unbelievable. Now, the, the little wall is probably about maybe four feet, in the, maybe about four foot, five foot tall. Not a particularly high wall. It looks like there might be, a, um, if you look at the house below it, it looks like maybe on the other side, it's a little bit steeper. But um, this woman takes a full-on swing at this bear, knocks it down, 17 years old, dude, and, uh, and, and gathers up all of her family dogs and brings them inside. Super impressive. Let's watch this video. That's a pretty decent sized bear, and it's got two cubs with it. Here comes these dogs. Immediately, the bear goes in, in sort of defense attack mode. Starts swinging at the dogs a little bit. There's about five dogs, and this chick just belts them. And just runs. That's pretty impressive. Although they say it was a teenage girl, she's dressed like a 95 year old and like a, a, she must've like just woken up or something because she's wearing like a, a gown thing, like a PJ's gown, which is even more baller, honestly. So that's crazy, man. I think wildlife has gotten a lot more bold since COVID. Sony's reminding them that they're animals and not people because they're just walking in the nursing homes as, as we've seen in the past. Oh my gosh, did you guys hear about the quote-unquote bobcat that evacuated a school? So uh, this was actually pretty nearby to me. It was in Scranton, Pennsylvania, which is about 50 minutes south of where I live right now. Um, West Scranton High School officials said students were sent home Tuesday morning when security cameras captured what appeared to be a bobcat wandering loose inside the building. Um, and I saw a picture of it and I was a little hesitant myself. Now we've had a couple of bobcats around my place. 
but and you can tell when it's a bobcat right off the bat. But they're they're pretty small. I mean, they're not overly scary looking animals. Regardless, it ended up being a house cat. Um, it's just a house cat, and there's a video here. It does a little, it looks a little bit like a bobcat, I'll admit. As a precaution, they sent the students home early and called in the game commission. Ah, uh, but this was no bobcat, just a regular house cat. They were probably the game commission and the police officers. The game commission and the police officers were probably so crushed when they showed up and it was just a house cat. The wild animal. Oh my gosh. As a precaution. The colors of a bobcat. Okay. All right, John Bowman. This John Bowman said that this cat, who looks like every cat that's ever existed, looks like a bobcat. Just an exotic breed that kind of resembles the wild animal. Looks, I mean, identical. The colors of a bobcat. Uh, it's missing a tail, so uh, you know, it's just. It's the tail is a, is a big indicator. I'll admit, Bowman. But anyway. And then here's the best one. Um, more, uh, Memorial Day was just a week ago. Uh, the day I'm recording this is D-Day. Um, so you, I want to give a huge shout out to our servicemen and women. Thank you so much for what you do and for those who have sacrificed. However, someone's got something to say about these two or three um, army men who were ran out by a raccoon. And this is, of course, the Happy Raccoon Podcast. So, you know, I appreciate that a little bit, but basically, a raccoon invades armored vehicle at U.S. Army base. All right, let's take a look at this video. Of course, we got an ad here. I mean, this is, I'm not being paid for this ad, but I can, some sort of robotics company, you know, do better targeting. You know what I mean? Like, I have no interest in this. I'm not going to, here we go, okay. So those are the people currently defending our country, running away and screaming from this little raccoon. <laughs> Finally, at three, this video is absolutely hilarious. We know members of the military are tough. So what had them screaming and running out of their armored vehicle at Fort Carson in Colorado? Well, you see it there. It's a pesky raccoon. Dude, I'm team raccoon all the way. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, toughen up a little bit. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not, you know, I don't know. All right, so that's kind of um, it for the you know the random parts of this um, this podcast episode. The next thing I want to talk to you guys a little bit about is how my schoolwork is going. So um, while I have a few more minutes here, um, as you know, I'm taking um, the love of God, and uh, it's been a really great class. Um, I've really enjoyed it a lot. I've got my most recent homework assignment here, which I got a 98 on. Not to brag, but I'm I'm apparently the greatest of all time at this. So um, I'm not a particularly you know. Um, wonderful scholar. So, um, so one thing that that really has hit me, and and um, I don't know how how much of an impact this is going to have. I've tried um, sharing it with Becca, who Becca was like, yeah, I kind of knew that, um, or like you know, I kind of got that already. Um, but you know, my homework assignment here was from John three sixteen. Right, five things you learn from this verse. Now, um, John three sixteen is like. It was the first verse I think I've ever memorized. I think mean, every kid memorizes it at some point through, you know, their VBS or their Awana. It's a, you know, it's, 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 um, you know, if you don't know that verse, it's for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him um, shall never die but have, you know, everlasting life. Um, it's a really recognizable verse. And, and I, I think even a lot of unbelievers know that verse because of, of, um, how famous it is and how right down to the gospel it is. And I think that because it's such a simple in front of you verse that I, I have tended to overlook just how deep you can go into that verse. And I think the rabbit hole that I went down that I have just found to be so compelling um, was a simple fact of how unconditional God's love was in that verse. So when when I think of con, you know unconditional love, I think of um, I think of things almost as past tense. I think that when, you know, um, like I love my wife unconditionally. Um, I love her no matter what she does, right? And she doesn't do a lot wrong, but um, I could think of a couple of things maybe. I love her 
And even though um, there seems to be a ton of hair at the in the drain in the shower all the time, um, or you know, I love her even though um, you know uh, the 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 seat in the car is so smushed up to the steering wheel because she's three foot two. You know, I love her unconditionally regardless of the things. Um, that, you know, that she does that may cause a small inconvenience in my life, right? Um, And I often find myself thinking that, you know, Jesus loved me and God so loved me, even though I'm a sinner and even though I do certain things, um, you know, God so loved me still, even though of the person I am. When in reality, what it is, is that um, God so loved the world that he sent his only son, um, what is so fascinating to me about that is that his initial first step before we were even existed, before we ever, um, you know, before we even had a chance to to fall short, um, God loved us and he had no restrictions and no limitations on who could receive that love. Um, it doesn't matter if you are white, black, Asian, gay, straight, overweight, underweight, it doesn't matter. God's love was unconditional and it was offered without limitations to you. Um, And the reason that that hit me so hard is that, um, you know, we are called to love one another and to understand God's love, right? If we look at um, Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, which was in my homework here, I'm not going to act like I'm quoting scripture to you from memory, um, reading my Bible here. Um, 17 through 19, it says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is breadth and what is and length and height and depth, and to know the love of God which surpasses knowledge, and you may be filled up to the fullness of God. So what what is so impactful for me about that is that um, there are so many things that we as humans are unable to comprehend, and God has designed it that way. Our brains cannot process what it is that or how God has always been, right? Everything that we have ever known has a beginning and has an end. Every Disney fairy tale has a beginning to the story. Everything has an origin story and everything comes to an end. How can there be a God that has always been? It's just our brains can't comprehend that. There are certain things um, that, that we just we just can't, can't know uh, and are un- unable to know. Um, but God makes it incredibly clear in, in, in Ephesians there that um, he wants us to know and understand um, his love for us completely. Um, he wants us to comprehend it fully. He says here um, specifically, he says, um, and to know the love of God, which surpasses knowledge, and you may be filled up to the fullness of God. Um, he wants us, you know, in 18, maybe able to comprehend with all the saints what is breadth, which I'll be honest with you, no idea what that word is, and length and height and depth. He wants us to know completely what love is so that we can display that for others. That's what we're called to do. Um, and I think that, you know, going looking at that verse in Ephesians and understanding from John 3, 16, that God's love was unconditional and he gave that out without limitations, without restrictions, that hit me so hard because, you know, we're entering, um, we're currently in one of the most divisive and one of the most hating times, I think, in American history, maybe um, maybe even more. You know, we have um, racial divide and we have you divide based on, on how people are sinning over others. Um, you know, are we offering every single day to everyone that I can? Am I offering love unconditional without limitations to every one of my neighbors. And, and when I say neighbors, I mean everyone in my life, right? Like, um, you know, the people that I work with and the people that I interact with, am I offering unconditional love that has no restrictions or limitations? Am I loving people who are in the homosexual community the way that God calls me to unconditionally without limitations? Am I displaying God's love? And it may look really different in certain, certain circumstances. Um, you have to love differently in certain ways. There's, there's, there's loving someone, but there's also being very truthful in what God says about certain sin. And, and, um, and that's a really, really like hard, um, area to, to, you know, to, to cross there. Um, especially when it comes to, you know, the homosexual community. And, you know, I think ultimately we're called to love those people, regardless of the fact that we disagree with them, um, in, in their life choices. But, um, for me, that has been something that I have been really, um, 
really meditating on over the last week. Um, it's something that's really hit me. Um, it's really made me rethink the way that I love my wife. Um, and my, you know, every morning I'm trying to wake up and I ask myself like, Hey, how can we love Becca without limitations today unconditionally? Not because she might give me something in return or not because, or not even though something, right? Like I'm not loving her, even though, um, I'm, I want to offer her that love without limitations, without restrictions, as much as I am as a man, as a son of Adam, as much as I'm willing and able to, uh, willing is a bad word, as much as I'm able to offer her that love, am I doing that? Am I doing that to um, my coworkers? Am I doing that to the guy at the coffee shop that I see once a week? Am I offering that love? And what does that look like? And um, how can I display um, God's incredible sacrifice by sending his only son without restrictions, without limitation, and make that known to others. Um, you know, I think back to one of the most impactful moments in my life, um, was when Christian Burkhart, who, um, was a pastor of Cornerstone Community Church in Simi Valley, asked me one time, um, or maybe he said, I don't really know. He, he basically said one time to me, like how much, um, do you have to hate another person to not share the love of Jesus with them? If you know what is at the end of the line for them, if you if you know and fully comprehend what is at stake for people's salvation and their you know eternal punishment, and and you're called to love them, what are you not? What are you doing um, to not share God's love with them and, and and to share the truth of the Bible with them? It's you know it's at least to me, it's extremely convicting. Um, and that has really been the thing that, um, has been on my heart this week. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I love the way, I mean, unconditional is such a, such a broadened and such an overused term a lot. And for a long time, I thought that, you know, man isn't capable of unconditional love. Um, and and I've, I the reason I've thought that is because I've, I really have looked at it from a point of you know un you know loving someone unconditionally and I think about like shoot like would I still love my wife unconditionally if she had an affair um, would I still love her unconditionally if she murdered someone and my previous view on it was well if she did something like that then my hesitation tells me that maybe no, maybe I wouldn't love her unconditionally. And instead I'm looking at it through a new lens of I need unconditional love and practicing that unconditional love is offering her that love without any mistakes in mind. It doesn't matter what the mistakes may be um, somewhere down the line. It doesn't matter what the mistakes have been. What matters is that she has that love without restriction, unconditional, no matter what, you know, I can't be stripped from God's love um, because he has offered that to me unconditionally long before I was born. Um, and my wife can't be stripped, stripped from my love, regardless of any mistake that she makes anywhere down the line. I love her and I choose to love her unconditionally. She has no restrictions, no limitations. She gets my love absolutely for free. Um, and I think that that is such a powerful thing in the Gospels, that we are given Jesus's love and God's love unconditionally without limitations wherever you have been wherever you're going the mistakes you'll make along the way um, the wrong decisions you will make um, the struggles that you will have it doesn't matter because God offered you that love without limitations and without restrictions it's yours to have and it's 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 100% yours and it's free and and there's nothing you have to do for that love um, now it does change a little bit um, when you want to uh there's God's love, um, and, and, and it's there for you and, 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 uh, and you need to accept it. And that, that's obviously the really big thing there is that, you know, God's love is there for you and that sacrifice has been made and accepting it and, and putting your faith in God and Jesus Christ is ultimately what you should strive for. And, um, and understanding that, you know, that sacrifice through love is something that we have been given and it's through the grace of God, through his love that, you know, we have eternal life with him in heaven. And I think, um, anyways, I'm kind of rambling at this point, but that has been such a huge thing for me this week is just this whole new outlook on what real unconditional love looks like, um, through the lens of, of how God intended it. And, um, you know, love is an extremely powerful and wonderful thing. Um, but it is truly through God that we, 
um, have the ability to love and to love one another. And I think, um, you know, what an amazing blessing that really is. So, um, yeah. And then I think here, I'd love just to share with you guys, um, first Corinthians 13, four through eight. Um, if you've ever been to a wedding, you've heard this verse probably, I'm pretty sure it was read at our wedding. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's read at most weddings, but, um, the, the assignment here was to list, um, each of the characteristics and, uh, and, and give an example or a sentence for each characteristics characteristic and how it can be personal, um, how it can be in a personal application for my life. So obviously, um, you know, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous, it is not brag, and it is not arrogant. Um, my examples here, um, love is patient. Um, I wrote that I can better love my wife by being more patient with our differences. We have very few differences, Beck and I. We get along really great. We laugh constantly. We have a really great time in our marriage. There are some differences that I think are cultural almost. You know, she grew, she was born in Paraguay. I was born in California. I moved in to New Guinea. She moved to Florida, then to, you know, a very conservative area of, of Northeast Pennsylvania. I lived in the very liberal state of California. I mean, we are two cultures colliding. The fact that we are so similar is, you know, it's pretty shocking. We are watching, um, we were watching 90 Day Fiance before this, so we were just thinking about all the different cultural differences on that show. And if you have been on the Heather Atkin podcast, you know how much we love reality TV around here. Anyway, so love is patient. I can better love my wife by being patient with our differences, and our differences truly are few and far between. However, there are things that, um, that she cares about more than I do. Um, you know, she's more passionate about certain things when it comes to the way that we raise our girls, and I'm an extremely agreeable person, and I have yet to really have an issue with any of the minor differences that we have, um, but I think I can be more loving, and I can be a better husband by finding patience in those differences, um, and uh, yeah, that was kind of where I was at there. Um, love is kind. Um, I consider myself to be a, a pretty kind person, but even, um, I think everyone can be cynical at times, um, and so I wrote... Uh, I can better love my community by being a more kind person to random people I interact with in my day-to-day life. Again, I'm a relatively kind person. I strive to be a kind person. Um, you know, I think the kindness is is will always prevail. I prefer to be viewed as a kind person. Um, I like to do kind acts. Um, but I think for me, what really hit me is that um, a lot of times my heart isn't kind. Um, I act kind constantly. You know, I love... I love buying coffee for the person behind me in the Starbucks drive-thru. I, I put on this outward appearance of kindness because I hope that it brightens other people's day. But is my heart um, really kind towards my community? You know, there, I live in a strange area now compared to where I lived in California. California, everything was very posh and very, you know, proper and all of that. Um, and I move out here and people are just a little bit weird and and. I don't understand them fully and they do sort of weird things and weird habits. And I find myself often finding those differences and, and cringing at them and, and sort of making fun of a lot of them. And I ask myself, am I being kind in my heart towards those people? Um, and so that was a personal application for me is that, you know, I, I put on this outward appearance of being really kind, but I could be more kind in my heart. I think that's something I want to strive for. Um, love is not jealous. Um, I have, I, have been a, an extremely jealous person in a lot of my relationships, um, you know, through all my dating, through, um, you know, coming up until marriage. And I've worked a, really hard on those. And my wife can attest that I'm not particularly a jealous individual. Um, she certainly doesn't give me a reason to be fearful and find jealousy when it comes to attention from others in our marriage. Um, however, the, the big application for me as I've worked through those previous problems um, is I can be um, I can love better, uh, I can love my friends better by celebrating their successes and their fortunes rather than being jealous of them. I think it's something that a lot of us are, are um, particularly guilty of. Another way of saying is coveting, right? You covet another person's possession, another person's life. Um, you know, I find that um, I often find jealousy in not celebrating what my friends are succeeding in. Um, I would rather be the one succeeding in certain ways and and that's a, that's a sense of jealousy. And I think that I can be a better loving friend and family member when I care less about 
how I am doing compared to others and more just about celebrating what they're doing and being an encouraging person in their life. Um, and that can be done in small ways and big ways, but that was for me, that was, um, my application there. Um, love does not brag or, or boast in a lot of translations. Um, I can definitely, um, be a more loving and, and loving person by just being a little bit more quiet in my successes. You know, I don't have a lot of them to be honest with you. Um, you know, there's, you know, I, I could brag all day to you about my two incredible daughters and my amazing wife. Um, other than that, I don't have a lot to boast of. Um, you know, I feel like maybe I boast a little bit of my wonderful 2005 Chrysler Town & Country minivan with 90,000 miles on it. Um, it's one of those good ones that keep going. Um, I don't have a lot to boast about, but, um, you know, I think that when I do, um, there's wisdom in being and being gentle and quiet in those successes and, and praising God when I get the chance. Um, love is not arrogant. And those, those three really seem to kind of be on top of each other. But um, I think for me, the big um, application I had there was mostly reflecting in my own marriage. Um, you know, I think that often, um, you know, my, Becca asked me today, um, she asked me, do you consider yourself to be a feminist? And I said, it really depends. Um, Am I a feminist in the way that, um, you know, the societal norm is viewed feminists and that they are advocating for rights that they really already have and they're kind of being outwardly obnoxious trying to obtain rights that they already have? No, I don't consider myself a part of that group. Um, however, by definition, a feminist is someone who believes that women should have the same rights as men. And in that case, absolutely, I'm a feminist. And I actively find ways... Um, and, and look for ways in my life where I am being prejudiced towards my wife because she's a woman. Um, you know, Beck and I talked a little bit today that, you know, she's going to be driving to um, pick up um, her sister and her family from the airport. They're coming back from Columbia on furlough. And uh, she made a comment about how a lot, you know, I'm taking the kids, obviously, for the afternoon for her to do that. She said a lot of people are, are, you know, they always say, wow, your husband's always so willing to take the kids. Uh, wow, your husband's so ready to take the kids. Why does that matter? They're my kids too. Um, and no one bats an eye or no one says a thing when Becca's with the kids all day. No one is, wow, that's impressive. Your wife can take the kids all day. No one says that. Like, why is there, you know what I mean? There are certain things where um, I get a little bit actively feminist. They're my children too. Um, I need to be able to take care of them. And I need to be able to give Becca the freedom to go and experience and make memories with her family and for herself. It's just as important as it is to me. You know, um, my uh, brother Matthew is flying to New York in August. He and I are going to go um, catch a Dodgers and Mets game. We're going to stay the night in New York City, wake up, either go to another game or just explore New York City for a little bit and then come back. I'm asking my wife to keep my kids for 48 hours and and so and no one really seems to think that's a really big deal but for me it is. I'm super appreciative of it. But when Becca goes to the airport um, in Newark, New Jersey and it takes probably about 7 hours total for her to go back and do that and you know, um, people are looking at me like I'm some heroic being. Um, that's just not the case. Um, and so I you know, there's a lot of of instances in my life where I have a, a, you know, really strong interest in protecting my wife's, um, you know, uh, rights and, and, and well, not rights, but I guess, yeah, you know, I, I have a strong interest in protecting the way that, you know, people say those types of things and, and, you know, her equality to me, I guess is what I'm, the word I'm looking for. Um, but I often find myself that, you know, I'm, I'm the husband and I'm you know, the man of the house and there's a biblical role there. Um, and I think that a lot of guys can find a lot of arrogance in that, a lot of pride in that, in that they flex that muscle. And when Beck and I went to premarital counseling, you know, um, I was told that I have 51% of the decision. She has 49 for like a lot of the big decisions, but I have to own each decision. Each one comes with its own responsibility. And, and we do operate a lot like that, right? Like this, this minivan, we decided on that together, but ultimately I was the one who had to pull the trigger and, um, and, and I was the one who had the final say, and that's just the real reality of the situation. But I think a lot of men, including myself, can get wrapped up in what that role is from a biblical sense. Um, and so I find, um, that's my, that was my first thought when it come when the question of arrogance is, am I, 
um, watching out for my level of arrogance and pride when it comes to my role in the house compared to Becca's role in the house, which I'll tell you right now, Becca's role in the house is a lot more important than mine. She's raising these kids every single day, um, and she's doing a, a real bang-up job of doing it. I mean, our kids are fantastic people because of her, um, and I consider myself a family man, but I truly believe that behind every good dad is a, is a rock-solid mom that, that's keeping things together, um, and, I, and I couldn't feel more strongly about that, truly, but um, anyway, so that's pretty much it, you guys. Um, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. It went longer than I thought it would have. Um, I, I've, I've talked about a lot of different things, um, but I had a really good time recording this episode. I just, I'm so thoroughly enjoying this podcast and, and doing this with, um, with you guys. And over the next upcoming episodes, we're going to have a handful of different guests. Um, Josh Sheridan, who's a good friend of mine, he's going to come on the podcast. He and I, we're in the same fanny fantasy baseball league and uh we had a bet that um if i beat him in the week that we were facing off that um that he would have to wear a dodger jersey while on the podcast with me he's a big time yankees fan so i'm looking forward to having him here um in uniform as walker bueller i'm going to try and get him to wear baseball pants as well with cleats and a hat like he's actually about to go on the field i don't know for sure if he'll do it i think he listens to this podcast if not i think his wife does and uh, I think they'll probably end up making a comment about that. But, um, and then from there, um, I just applied for a permit to do a podcast recording on the Ithaca Commons in Ithaca, New York. It's like a really cool, um, like a boardwalk area, um, a lot of different public area. And so I'm hoping to get to interview some of the people of Ithaca, New York, and uh, get a whole new walk of life there, Ithaca and Montrose, Pennsylvania could not be more different. Um, so uh, that should be a lot of fun. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I really do appreciate it. As always, if you want to learn more about what we're up to and why we're podcasting, you can find us on Facebook at the Happy Raccoon Podcast, Instagram, which is just at Happy Raccoon Podcast, or you can head to happyraccoon.net, not.com, happyraccoon.net to learn more. Thank you again so much for listening. And I really hope that you guys. Um, choose to love unconditionally this week.